0: Welcome again to the Radio Bible Course. We're continuing our study of 1 Thessalonians, and today we're in chapter 2, where Paul makes a defense of his ministry while he was in Thessalonica. I have wondered why he needed to make such a statement of defense as he does in here. It's as though someone had criticized Paul, or perhaps there were opponents as they were in Galatia, tearing down Paul's authority and trying to point out weaknesses or making false accusations concerning Paul. In any case, he seems to be giving a test of the real, true minister of Jesus Christ. Now, before we get into that, I want to read again the text of chapter 2. He writes, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our visit to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the face of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from error or uncleanness, nor is it made with guile. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God, who tests our hearts. For we never used either words of flattery, as you know, or a cloak for greed, as God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from man, whether from you or from others though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse taking care of her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Paul makes a number of negative statements here. And it's these negative statements which uh, impress me with the fact that he seems to be establishing what might be considered a test of the true minister. Now, you can apply that to people you know who teach and preach the word of God and see if in any way they compare with the apostolic band which came from Philippi to Thessalonica and had a good reception. First of all, in verse 3, listen to the negative statements. He said, Our appeal is not from error. Our appeal is not from impure motives. They weren't trying to get something out of these people. They were trying to give something. In verse 4, he said, We were not trying to please men. In verse 5 he said we never used flattery. Well a person uses flattery in order to gain some objective. In verse 5 he also said we used no mask to cover up greed. Paul wasn't greedy. He didn't have to cover it up because there wasn't anything to cover up. He came to give not to get. In verse 6 He said, we did not seek praise from men. Well, many men who handle the word of God do seek the praise of men. In verse 7, Paul said, we were not a burden to them. In which way? In material things. He didn't require food. He didn't require clothing from them. He worked. And then he explains that in verse 9, when he said again, we worked in order not to burden anyone. So he worked with his hands to be able to support himself so that he would be dependent upon no one in order to preach the gospel. Now, there are some positive things that come up in these first eight verses. He said in verse 2 that he preached in spite of opposition. Some people feel if there's opposition, that means that The Lord is closing the door and doesn't want them to preach anymore. Well, Paul always found it to be just the opposite. Whenever there was opposition, he knew that he was in a spiritual conflict, and he went into it full force to to overcome the enemy. In verse 4, he said he tried to please God, who tested Paul and his companions. God is the tester of whether we are speaking truth or not. He's the one who tries our hearts. And so Paul was trying to please God primarily. He said in verse 7 that this apostolic band, that means Paul and those companions of his, that they were gentle among the Thessalonians. That means there was a tenderness with which Paul preached the gospel and taught those people. Gentleness is one sign of love. If a man is autocratic, if he's dogmatic and demanding, he probably isn't gentle. In verse 8, Paul said that they had love for the Thessalonians. They, they gave not only the gospel to them, but they gave their lives as well, meaning That their ministry was not talking only. Oh, it's easy to talk. It's easy to give sermons. But Paul was not a sermonizer. Paul was giving much of his time, his strength, and his patience. He was insisting that he give time to explain and answer questions to give understanding to those people in Thessalonica it's not difficult to preach a 20 or 30 minute sermon and then leave. Paul's ministry was giving of self. He wanted to communicate God's truth, to teach, to build up, and to do all this without charge. And obviously the results were spectacular because the Thessalonians Took the word which they received and the example that they saw in those apostles, and went out and told everyone in Macedonia and Achaia. They became a glorious testimony to how God can change man through the good word of God. Now in verse eight, Paul writes, being affectionately desirous of you we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us how does one share himself well probably at a cost to himself you share yourself when you require something beyond the call of duty When you give of yourself, not simply doing what is convenient and easy to do, but doing something that taxes you. Now notice Paul refers to this, it's a rare expression, as the gospel of God, the good news of God. Now that can mean either that it came from God, that God was its source, or it was good news about God. Now in verse 9 Paul writes, For you remember our labor and toil, brethren. We worked night and day that we might not burden any of you while we preached to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also. How holy and righteous and blameless was our behavior to you believers, for you know How, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you, encouraged you, and charged you to lead a life worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now, on verse 9, Paul reminds the readers of his labors. The reason for working was to avoid being a burden or a strain on those people who were recipients of the preaching of the gospel. Now, we learn this from history. All Jews learned a trade. That included rabbis. Dr. Leon Morris, the New Testament scholar, points out in the New International Commentary of the New Testament that the teaching of the rabbis emphasized the need for every boy to learn a trade. He also tells us that there were no paid teachers in Palestine because making money by teaching the law in Jewish society was expressly discouraged in the Mishnah. The Mishnah forms the basic part of the Talmud and consists of interpretations and discussions of the law of Moses by the rabbis. Now, since a rabbi could not earn his living by teaching the law, He had to have another source of income, even though he might have received additional gifts from generous people. He therefore learned a trade. Even boys in wealthy families learned a trade. Did Paul have a trade? We learn from Acts chapter 18.3 that his trade was making tents. Or at least he learned how to work with leather because some tents were made of leather. Others were made of goat's hair. And we know that goat's hair was used to manufacture a kind of canvas used in tents in the province where Paul had earlier lived. Listen to what Acts 18 says. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. What did he do when it was not the Sabbath day? He worked. He made tents. He sold tents. So he was busy all week up until the Sabbath day. Then he had an opportunity to go where the people of God had met. They were the Israelites. And he went there as a Jew talking to them about the Jewish Messiah. Paul writes in verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, For you remember our labor and toil, brethren, we work night and day, that we might not burden any of you while we preach to you the gospel of God. Labor and toil describe the difficulty experienced in earning a living. It was night and day. Now, there are Christian workers who won't even work to support themselves during the day. I remember one of my seminary professors who advised the class that if you are in a church that cannot fully support you, do not take a part-time job. He said that because he thought it was below their calling to work for a living that's not the way Paul the Apostle looked at it these Greek words for labor and toil indicate that what they did was punishing work and difficult activity they stayed with their work it wasn't church work this was secular work for pay in order to buy their bread and pay their rent when did they preach? and teach he may have done some of that while he was busy making tents but on the sabbath day he went to the place where the people were and there preached the word of god do you know men who work for a living and then preach the word of god in their spare time honor such men god does if you are benefiting from these broadcasts please tell a friend and please join me here tomorrow for more on Thessalonians. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calvoda, reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.